So, Billy, what's going on today? Are you freaking kidding me, dude? <laughs> o sea, mi energía está en su máxima potencia ahora mismo porque we have an amazing freaking show for you guys. And who do we get to speak to today? Such a genius. Un músico genio increíble bajo el nombre de Draco Rosa. Y nos va a hablar de muchísimas cosas, como de la ciencia, del arte, de la música, de, de ser humano y espiritual, todo. Todo, de todo un poco aquí en Pili y Raúl en la música con Draco Rosa. Well, I don't know how we got this lucky, but right in front of us is multi-talented, amazing human being, un corazón inmenso, y por supuesto Boricua. I have to like plug in the fact que estoy aquí surrounded by Boricuas. Con nosotros Draco Rosa en Pili Raúl en la música. Yay! Thank you. Happy to be here. It's so nice to see you. I was telling Angela, man, Billy, man, she's been, you know, rocking it, doing her thing for years. It's great. It's great to see you again. Thank you. Always I, a pleasure. I really appreciate that, especially I'm coming sorry. from you. It's like, hi. Gracias, de verdad. Wow. Um, you've been around for a while, man. I love the fact that you keep doing what you love and you keep bringing to the universe tu arte. Oh. So grateful for that. Yeah. You know, just... Uh, What can I say? It's been a it's been a wild ride, and it continues to be uh, just as exciting as uh, it's better than ever. Actually, better for so many reasons. Um, you know, the fact that um, we're alive is a big deal. Health is a big deal, and be able to make music, to be able to hang out, and do there's so much to it. So much to it that it's like I'm just really grateful. I'm just trying to do a lot in a little bit of time. I feel like, you know, el tema del pasaporte prestado, it's like somebody gave me an extra 10 pages and I am trying to fill them as best I can. You're doing a great job at it, oh, también. Uh, thank you for after about eight years putting some new music out there because, man, we had been craving it. Had you been craving it? Had you been, like, itching for putting new music out? I, mean, I think I was just itching to stay alive, tell you the truth um, I think that these things happen when they happen last uh, not last year the year before last um, when was the hurricane was it the, Dos, I get lost it's going to be two years in September so I think that um, initially it was just about staying alive you know and staying healthy and being around and then um, it only became let's go do a record when you know things seemed right and ready to do a record and when I presented songs to Sony uh, a couple of demos they were like, oh, this is beautiful. Let's do this record. And the fact is, I didn't deliver that record. I went and delivered Monte Sagrado. Mm. That other record, I just started re recording some songs off of that one. So, you know, I don't know if I wanted to do anything. I think I was just trying to stay alive. Mm -hmm. To get back to your mm -hmm. question, you know. It's like, I think the only thing you want is to be able to have a decent day. And that's just, decent day is just being healthy. Right. I mean, that and is, surrounded by love that and is family. the hit. <laughs> You know, that right. is the best stock that you purchase. It's when it go, you know, and it's, your health meter goes up, it's great. Now, go, tell us about like the process of porque yo nunca he estado obviamente en 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 un, una reunión así donde un artista baila presenta la nueva música a su record label. Like, mm -hmm. walk us through that process. Are you even nervous about it? Are you like, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. This is what I have. This I mean, is what you I know, have. there's a part of you that doesn't give a fuck. 
And then there's a part of you that you want them to like it because at the end of the day, they're your partners and you want everyone to be a part of it. So for as much as you don't give a fuck, <laughs> because you have to not give a fuck, you know, in order to, uh, to survive, mm. right? Because when you don't give a fuck is when you triumph the most, right? That's when you tomas el riesgo como tu mejor compañero de viaje. I mean, at the end of the day, if you win, you win large. And when you fall and you make the wrong decisions, it's a lot easier to get up because it was your own personal decision as opposed to somebody telling you, hey, you shouldn't do this, you should do that. So I've learned that, that even though it's a little bit rougher the ride, boy, boy, I'm me, boy, uh, to the magic of whatever it is, the silliness that I wrap my head around <laughs> and, you know, and I'll run with that. And the, the, do the butterflies set in, like mm -hmm. on occasion when you're showing a new Absolutely. project to somebody? Yeah, all that stuff happens, all that stuff. You don't want to eat that day. You don't sleep well the night before. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're showing some raw fucking ideas, you know. Um, some finished words, some words are not finished, you know. Sometimes they're complete, some of them are incomplete, but you know there's enough magic. You go, you know, I'm showing this because there's some magic and some beauty. And sure enough, there's a bunch of songs. They agreed to do them, and I just didn't deliver that album. I didn't, not because I was trying to do anything I was just trying to be myself and I found this new renewed enthusiasm and fun I had fun again in the studio you know so it wasn't a dramatic sort of like you know intense process a lot of it was a lot of fun and I can tell I mean I just saw you in Te Vimos en el Vive Latino in Mexico and man you were having a blast up there yeah. bailando gozando one thing that I love about seeing you live is tu interacción con los demás músicos Because you're constantly looking at them. There's constantly that, like, ese idioma que nadie entiende más que ustedes, los músicos que están on stage. And it's just beautiful to watch because it's part of the entertainment. The biggest frustration is just not being able to um, have enough time to make sure that it's going to sound great. You know, it's really hard. And it's, like, ridiculous, you know, because, you know, I'm going to be 50 this year and I still have the same frustration that when I was in my 20s going on stage and worrying about knowing how great, you know, the musicians are with me, knowing how much of their virtu virtuosity, like, you know, we have uh, um, Camacho plays bass and Toss, you know, these guys are amazing. They're such great musicians. On the them alone, standalone, are just amazing. They're so powerful. So when I invite them to go play somewhere and I don't give, I feel like, I don't, you know, I'm trying to respect you know their talent and I can't because uh, you don't get sound check or you know there's a lot of bands and you know you, you have to make do and so I get frustrated with that you know it breaks my heart but lo interesante because I, I know that you it were on stage and you were like oh you know we didn't have a chance to like do a sound check but as the audience we don't you know like that, that doesn't even face yeah, us you know and I, I understand that you know my wife has told me that much oh nobody cares <laughs> nobody's noticing that nobody's noticing that but you know it doesn't matter like I have you know already the idea of music has become such of you know the idea of repeating something you know, the, hitting the repetition button for something that you call art right you have a piece whether it's painting that medium as a painter you know you don't do it twice you do it once and then people get to enjoy it you can send it in the mail and someone else enjoys it the idea that an artist a musician has to constantly go to every city to reproduce Ike un masterpiece. It's just ridiculous. I mean, how much honesty is there really <laughs> behind repetition? People go, oh, no, you repeat, you know, you break that wall, you're fucking, you're an outlier, now you've hit the hours, now you have mastered the grand craft of playing blah instrument or doing this, you know, and I was, 
And I think for for an artist, for a creator, it's it's super damaging over the years because you know all it does is you become a parody of yourself. You constantly repeat yourself, and then it's it's that classic story, like you know whether it was I always tell the story, of, you know whether it's Jimi Hendrix one day burning his guitar, igniting his guitar, and people going, "Oh my God, can't wait to see that again!" <laughs> right? They missed a point to the yeah. point where they're you know it's documented people would leave his show because he didn't like the guitar, and it was like eh, it was all right, it wasn't that good, right? Yet they didn't literally know. I mean, this is one of the greatest if not the greatest guitar player to this day that has ever fucking stepped on this earth. I mean, with the kind of fluidity that he has. I mean, Clapton's great, and there's you know, the Steve Vai's and all these virtuosos, but with the kind of heart and soul, like that man, I don't know. But yet, the el público se, se amarra a momento, instance, you know, que, that matter, like the burning of the guitar. And those differences and those, you know, the, the, the freeform part of the elements or even the mistakes, you mm. know, that adds a little bit of charm to those performances that, mm. oh, remember when you were there and you got to see that. Or remember when we played it like this oh, and yeah. it just happened organically. Yeah, yeah. Those are the moments that people treasure. No, that's true. You know, and those are the moments that I've been crucified for, too, over <laughs> the years. And, you know, it's an interesting thing because I didn't grow up in the jam band. Um, circuit, you know, when I look, I look back and go, wow, you know, I sh definitely would have been better off there, I think, you know, in that, and then because a lot of it is just so free, you know, it's music, people go, they, they go for that, they go, they're not there so much as the idolatry behind an artist, they go there because they want to congregate with people and dance and have a great moment, and some songs they know, some songs they don't, like anything, you're just, you know, you're having a great time with your significant other or some friends, and it's about that, but there is that fine line in the pop realm that it all revolves around the person, right? The head figure as the idol and as sort of this messenger as well. You have music, but we don't really care about the music. What we care about is what you stand for and your drama at home. I mean, how many times you've been divorced or who are you fucking, um, who are you screwing? Um, you know, this is the kind of thing that this is the world we live in. It goes totally against, you know, music unless you're a jazz player, unless you're a jam band. So I'm sort of at the fringes of what the fuck, sh where should I be even at this ripe age of fucking 49 it's almost like you know i don't <clears throat> i don't find that you know prince used to talk about there's joy in repetition even have a fucking song you know the song right that there's joy in repetitions right and and prince and you know i tend to disagree you know i disagree only because i as i've traveled the world there's there's some joy in the adventure and the unknown right that's the real joy you want to feel your heart pumping and you want to get excited about something you know the idea that you know, there's joint repetition, you know, maybe. I mean, I've wanted to actually do a bunch of covers of my own stuff only to try to keep it honest. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll go, I'll change chords, I'll change some words. And challenging for yourself, too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd like to say it's not challenging. It's not challenging. It's the natural thing that occurs with me, you know. What's challenging to me is repeating this shit every night. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a notebook that I have. Sometimes I use it. And most of the time is to remind me to stay with the fucking structure of the song and don't veer off into the moment too much because the moment can be about so many things, you know. When in the early years of Maggie's Dream, I, taught, I would go and read, you know, Greek mythology because that's what I wanted to do that night. Mind you, the house... We do Hoboken one night and it was full house. By the time I ended my reading of Greek <laughs> mythology, there was only Josh Deutsch, the fucking A&R left, and maybe two or three other people. I have a f Everyone's offended. Everyone's pissed. The band is ready to punch me in the face. And this was another reality of being yourself and enjoying yourself and everyone else having a terrible time. <laughs> so there's the other side, you know. 
So anyway, I say this because on the flip side, there's that other side. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You know, people are coming to hear this song. And so there's that other side of it. And, you know, being an ex-integrante menudo where everything was just so, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like this menu, you know. You open it up, get the first one, everybody's white bean soup, you good? All right, white bean soup, eight o'clock sharp, right? And as soon as I give the cue, then we're going to roasted chicken meatballs, okay? And we're like, okay, Capitan, right. and that was menudo, you know? It's like, there's no veering, and you, they, you know, te un regaño cabrón if you were going to walk and be yourself. Wow. And so the other extreme is you're out of that, and so, of course, you're like, I just want to do what I want to do. You want to go as left field as possible. But, and I didn't, because within the whole thing, I stayed inside, I went outside, you know, it was like this, this relationship of, like, trying to appease the, the easy, sort of normal, obvious way to walk, which was, let's walk the path of any ex menudo and reap the benefits. And so I, I may have walked away from a lot of money and walked away from a lot of opportunities, meeting certain people that were famous at the time, that, that mattered at the time. And she's been around long enough to know, like, just random stuff that opportunities, you know, whether it's to go and sing with a great artist and, and, uh, on, you know, the Grammys with the era of mad love. And I was like, no, that's stupid, you know. Mm. And then everybody's like, this motherfucker's complicated, right? Or, oh, you got to go right with Madonna. I'm like, like Madonna? <laughs> fuck Madonna, right? That was what well, I'm just saying, right? But then I look back and go, fuck, I should have said hi to Madonna. Right. What was I thinking? You know, there's, I know this, is, this, is the, this is where I'm at. I'm always, I, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Except I know certain things excite me. And now, today, today is what I'm most excited about. I was just at the... the game developers conference in San Francisco. I saw that on your Instagram. Right? Yeah. And I bring that up because I went with my, my eldest son who's helped out with, you know, he's been working with us forever. He's Great done. video, by the way. Yeah, the boys, you know, walking with the boys. I mean, between Angelo Tonight Tonight, Radamo with Tu Lado Scudo, and then Revel kind of in everything, right? Because he's from, you know, the, the, uh, the coffee bag, cannabis brand, to the two um, vinyl releases, the Viable 92, Monte Sagrado. Um, and the animation, so everyone's working together, and that to me is just awesome. You know, that, it's not a you know, that is the prize, right? I mean, there's no bigger prize. Obviously, you can win something, but nothing tops the process. It's super exciting to hear how much Draco involves his family in his creative process, and also how much he is involved with Puerto Rico and the community there. And he applies the same ideas to connect with his fan base around the world and consistently maintain the quality and high standards of his work. How can we connect with fans more? I'm not buying the idea that, and I find it archaic, that we gotta, you know, bounce around these little venues. Um, we're ill-represented most of the time, any musician. Um, in what way? In the way of, of sound and quality, you know. You know, it's the thing. There's the consumption as an individual of music. I've consumed great music. I know what quality is. I know how to define more quality in the studio. I know what it takes. You know, I'm at that point in my life. I know that I can get something to sound great. Whether or not the song works, hey, that's, that's who knows. Not the point. But getting quality and, and, and feeling like this is, this is good, you know. Everything's in tune. The boys were great. Everybody that played were amazing. You know, these lyrics are awesome. Tweaked here, tweaked there. To get to that point is amazing, but, you know, the reality is, how do I go, and, and if I keep going, and I put the record out, now all of a sudden, I'm cut off from quality, right? Now I got to go and defend myself in these random little clubs mm -hmm. that are shit, yeah. 
um, you know, a lot of these little venues, but they add to a whole tour. You know, it's always money, right? How do you keep Biatico, travel, you know, flying people around, dealing with everybody's emotions. And then it's like a babysitting job. <laughs> and everybody says, but everybody <laughs> says it's a baby, babysitting job. But every, somebody's baby, remember, we all have to answer to somebody and somebody's babysitting. I feel like I'm babysitting someone. Somebody's right. feeling like they're babysitting me. And this is the full on, we're all babysitting each other. You know, that's the thing. Nobody talks about that. You know, everybody's like, oh, I feel like I'm babysitting. It's like, well, haven't you ever thought that somebody's babysitting you too? <laughs> but I think the biggest frustration is that you want to take it through, you know, from, from the beginning, which is like, hey, I have this silly idea that turns out to a great becoming a great song and then you know you and then all of a sudden you, you, you send it off and, and then when you go and defend it oh you know amps are crap or <laughs> sounds feedback or the stage is super uncomfortable everyone's pissed uh, then you know the, the lifestyle right it's like oh you get pizza at the end and it's like <laughs> you know there comes a point it's like oh you know you could do this you know in your 20s and stuff and like you know it's not about that I just wonder if I have more access to people to me, the real world now is here. It's here. We're, we're right now going through, and this is going to, this is about these people that go on the podcast, people that are online most of the time. But I think the majority of the time in the business, that the potential of us doing more business and being in touch with more people is definitely on the internet. Well, you were kind of embracing the avatar before the avatar. Mm. And there's a name that, that, that resonates, Ian Blake. Oh, yeah. And how did that come about? And where do you see that person in relation to to Draco? Well, I think a lot of it was just a bunch of youth and confusion, you know, fear out of uh, being attached to any one thing. You know, Menudo was such a big imprint, right? That I think that I naturally, like most people, when they start young, you try to avoid that conversation as much as possible. I I made an effort to actually record a couple of Menudo songs while being a solo artist who actually thought that was the punk rock thing to do, <laughs> right? I thought, yeah, I'm going to go with my first that. solo album. I'm that. doing, you know, a Menudo song because I thought that was like a fuck you to the system. And I've done that over time, but it doesn't take away the fact that I think these names pop up out of, you know, m- deep insecurities, you know, deep, you know, because you're like just not feeling, you feel like I got to create this, o- this other persona to be able to, number one, deliver a job that I've never done. So I can say, oh, they, he fucked up. It wasn't me. Right, right. Right? And um, whether it was for, like, Anita one day to do her record and being, like, a first woman, I was like, wow, I have to be Dolores El Infante, you know? <laughs> and I thought that that helped me. But the fact is, you know, that was a quick... And there's nothing deep about it. It's William Blake and Ian Asbury from The Cult. Big fan here. Love, love your drawings and your words. Uh, I am Ian Blake now, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, what's Bob Dylan's real name? It's, it's not Bob Dylan, right. right? And Dylan comes from the other, Dylan Thomas, right? The other writer. I think in any which way, you know, people have always tried to, to hide by some kind of, some avatar. Because there's only so much of your personal life you do want to give out. But what has changed by becoming ill is given my life purpose, mm. you know? Because I remember being in Ecuador, super depressed, in Cuenca, thinking about, what is this? This is so silly. This, this is so silly, you know? What's the point of all this? I remember getting sick after that, hmm. you know. So the point of all this is this, you know, to be of service to other people and to, you know, collaborate. 
in, in many ways. You know? We we got to talk about the feminine power in your life. Mm. Mencionaste Nita ahora. Mm. Eh, obviamente, Angela está aquí contigo. Okay, and she's sí. been with you through yeah. your entire yeah, life. Thin, I yeah. mean, o sea, exacto. Through thick and thin. Eh, Diana, que es part of your management. Yeah. Y tenemos canciones como Penélope. Sí. Eh, Blanca Mujer. Tell us about how the feminine force has influenced your life and your work. You know, again, going back to the early 80s and being surrounded by so many women, you know, all the time, right? Menudo was just like, <laughs> it was just females everywhere, you know? I think when I met Angela, you know, when I met Angela, I was like, you know, she could be the mother of my children. This is, this is, this is a whole other level stuff. And I think I just ran with that became obsessed with it, ran with it, and here we are, you know, through tough times, you know, and, you know, because, you know, life's tough, you know, sometimes indirectly it affects you on so many levels, people, friends, shit you read, shit you consume, and yeah, we, we, we get along, we work well together, and we have an intense relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we play hard. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Mucha gente obviamente piensa que Vagabundo es like you, el el álbum. Hey. But for me, it's always been Songbirds and Roosters. Yeah, it's and, interesting. And, and I know. And the reason why is because it talked to me in a very genuine way, in a very vulnerable way when I needed it the most. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of music, no? Mm-hmm. Eh, y para mí mi canción favorita de Rakuid Nymph. Oh, that's a pretty... Which, yeah. which, unfortunately, I've never heard you play live, but hopefully now that I've well, planted the seed. <laughs> no, well, actually, my goal my goal is to play a lot more live from the studio, and I'm going to be doing these rarities, and I'm going to do even songs that I did in Menudo. Like, I'm going to go through everything, every cover I've done, every freaking song I've done, I'm going to document. Well, I, I get, hope I get know, an invite. That's my goal. Yeah, <laughs> to to play often, but in a controlled environment, just so I know what what I'm getting at the end. You know, when we went and played paced, and that was nice. Very, you know, the gear was 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 minimalist and it sounded great. And so I'm hoping to achieve that. I think I'm I can represent better the music and have a better relationship than going even to your town. Fortunately, where you and I will never speak. And the and the chances are your system there and some in that in that dive is not very good. So. We're always cutting corners and trying to just, oh, friend, it's just uh, the show must go on. It's like, oh, fuck all these old fucking, <laughs> fucking archaic fucking ways of looking at it. It's like, no, I know how I can offer you quality and it's got to be this way. Esa mentalidad de perfeccionista es lo que lo distingue. Well, yeah, and another thing that has always set Draco apart is his energy and presence on stage. I mean, it's amazing as well as his connection and natural fluidity with his fellow musicians. You've always been one to push that envelope, break the boundaries, but at the same time, working on your solo stuff, I love a lot of these collaborations with people like Ruben Blades or mm, Juan Luis awesome. Guerra, you know, and mm. are we going to see something more like that in the future, maybe? I mean, I don't know. When I think of music, I think about experimentation, you know, Um, the idea of uh, collaborating, collaborating with folks is a good idea when it happens, if it works out, if it feels right, if it's not complicated, if there's some genuine love there, something has to be real, something has to be authentic about it. The, the duets that we did with Bida was a lot of fun. It was a very you know, interesting moment because a few people called right away and a few other people 
didn't um, return your calls. They didn't. <laughs> they were like, they were like, well, they have all these important people there, and the guy is probably gonna die. Maybe I should show up. And so a few people came towards the end. You know, we don't want to say who, but early on there were a few people. I'll tell you who came on early on. You know, um, um, Boom Booty, uh, Ruben Blade, uh, este Feliciano, este Jose Feliciano, este Juan Luis Guerra. Early on, Juan it came on early on. And uh, Calle 13 came on early on, and Tego came on early on, and I invited Mima, who was, she was local, and Anita came on early on. But there was, you know, there was a moment where it was like last minute, oh, so and so called, they want to be on it too, and I'm like, well, shit, that was like email number 40 or whatever. <laughs> You're like, not for me, from other people coqui, too. Hey, coqui, you know, that, that's a Puerto Rican version of crickets. Yeah, You're like yeah, calling yeah, people, yeah, yeah. coqui, coqui. You know. Hablando de coqui, Puerto Rico sí. y Montesarado también. Sí. I mean, your back en nuestras raíces, en Otuado, mm. hermoso, hermoso pueblo en Puerto Rico. ¿Qué te ha dado estar de regreso a Puerto Rico en la naturaleza and like actual earth? Porque tienes tu propio café también. Sí. I mean, you know, I tell you the truth, I think what I've figured out is I love the Caribbean because I was thinking, you know, there's always so much turmoil there, politics. I mean, the world is a bit in disarray, but lo locally in Puerto Rico, it's a colony. It's, everything's really silly. The, the, the politicians, it's, it's a lot of silliness uh, infantil, no? So muchas cosas infantil. Sistema también de the lawyers, you know, it's all the same thing, you know? It's like... It just breaks my heart. It yeah, just, it's, it it's a really heartbreaker. It's, it's silly because you have a lot of people going, well, does it have to be this way? No, but, you know, we, we're sort of, we're on this tether of the United States. And uh, I don't believe in being alone because it's really tough. I actually, be, you know, unification, I'm all for it. Community, I believe in that. I think for us to survive, it's wonderful because it's beautiful. Yeah, and, you know, I could, you know, I have the benefits, obviously, of living more in a bubble, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Um, because of, of being home and, and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I try to keep everything alive at the Finca. We have employees there. We, you know, we provide services to the community, and that's very satisfying. And now with the coffee and the foundation. So everything's really making sense now. Pero no quita que, you know, there are powers that be um, to the right, even locally, that, um, you know, don't like guys like me, mm. whether it's the coffee mafia or you know, the cannabis mafia now, and it's like, and it, you know, it's just one of those things where you go, oh, this is an awful reality. And so even more so, you want to just get deeper and deeper in, into your own little domain and kind of live off of there and actually set your own set of rules within that domain, keep I, everyone else out. I want to go back a little to the songs that you were, like, you, you had mentioned that con Montesarado, originalmente fuiste donde Sony con una serie de canciones They're que ended up not, record, yeah. What happens to those songs that mm -hmm. you've written all throughout your life? Están como en un baúl de recuerdos. Mm -hmm. Hay como un little like cemetery for your like songs that are well, that I didn't make it. Cemetery, but yeah. You know, a lot of it is is it's interesting you ask that, you know, sometimes they're they get lost. I have this one song that I've been looking for the lyrics that I had I I did it really I was I remember it was a morning at the finca. I was working, I went to go see uh, my friend who's at the studio, and uh, the piano was out of tune. And Rhinoceronte, it was a super beautiful piano piece that I did the night before when I was alone at the Casona. And I went to the studio, and I was like, oh, we'll do it later, right? So that later became, I lost the song. I have some scribbles on a piece of paper, it's really nice, and I don't remember the chords. And I think that happens often. And or, on the flip side, You have a song like um, Dentro de Ti, off the new album, 
which, you know, El Coro comes from another song that I had several years ago. And that song was based on a, um, on a Edgar Allan poem. And, um, you know, I'll go and, and rework some ideas, keep some melodies, keep some, some basic thoughts and kind of rethink it. You know, I mean, you know, it's, it's a process, you know, I collaborate. I, there's, there's, there's things that I do alone. There's things that I collaborate with um, other writers who've been, you know, my personal fucking, you know, awesome spine to, to a lot of the stuff that I've done, you know. So it's a process. You never know. And I do go a esa valija, not to the cemetery, but <laughs> I like to look at a little chest, an imaginary chest that you go into, and you look for stuff. And I go, oh, man, God, that, that course. And then you get the guitar, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to sit well. Maybe I'll just drop this a little bit. And it's very exciting because it's not because you don't have ideas. It's just sometimes you're supposed to pay attention to these other ideas that are there waiting years later to be a part of today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you never go back to them and you're like, oh, maybe I'll revisit this or I like this phrase from this song. Maybe I'll start a new song based on that phrase. From I mean, that it's song. all good, right? Everything is a possibility. Claro. All of it is is a part of, you know, there's no one thing. I always say like, oh, where do you like to go when you go right? It's like, wherever. You know, I think most of the vagabundo was born in our apartment in the bathroom on San Vicente. You know, most of that stuff that I started was there. Then, you know, I, I'd say, then once I made it to Spain and then I made it to the UK, you know, fue floreciendo un poco más vagabundo, Penelope at the hotel. A lot of like Blanca Mujer, I started when I had, I had Blanca Mujer when I had Frio. Mm -hmm. Blanca Mujer has been around since Frio from, you know, when I was staying at the Holiday Inn in Madrid in 1992 or something, 93. What song have you written that you, that suddenly became like a hit? Y en tu vida hubiese pensado tú que si la convertiría... Well, there's a bunch of those. <laughs> and they're usually the biggest ones. Like, you know, María, un, dos, tres. Eso fue jodiendo. Eso está ahí portándose uno mal en el estudio, being silly. Um, other silly songs that we were just being silly. Um, you know, La Bomba. You know, Muerte, Mamita. Que, I mean, I was just being silly. I was being like, no one's ever going to know. Let's be silly, right? That's when you're just silliest and most private. You're somebody, you don't give a shit. You're like being silly. And then all of a sudden, it sticks in your head. You go, man, that shit we were goofing off on yesterday. That's pretty catchy. Right? And it's like, or whatever, two days later, you're like, two days, you're like, man, we have nothing. But that dumb little noodle of a thing, you know, and those are the gems. Those are the spontaneous ones. Yeah, those yeah, are yeah. the ones that kick in where, you know, and a song comes together in like 15, 20 minutes yeah. as opposed to like just racking your brain, okay, or is it going to be a G chord, a D chord, an E chord, well, you know, and you're going back and forth yeah. over and over and over again and you're sitting there for months trying to, you know, for these two, three minutes, but then it's that one song that it's like 20 minutes and it's a hit yeah it's amazing i mean we wrote i say we i was on a flight from la to new york with desmond child and um i don't remember what day we flew we we wrote the song the entire song of a cup of life on the flight right and so when we made it to miami it was i don't know if i mean the sit went down so fast it was i don't know if it was friday or saturday all i know is i went straight to the studio and put together some beats and put together some cores and put together. And Desmond comes in, he's like, holy shit, man, this is fucking sounding great. And I remember um, we've wrapped it all up and I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday, I took a flight to Spain to, uh, there was FIFA, there was a meeting or something. And I remember this long fucking conference room with the table for like hundreds of people because it was the longest conference room I've ever been. Highest floor, two people came in. 
we press play. I did my fucking dance, <laughs> the fucking enthusiasm dance on why this shit is fucking awesome, and the rest is history, you know. Wow. And I sang all the roughs, all the thing. We presented a demo, you know, and they loved it. And so things like that do happen. But on the flip side, there's songs like Como Me Acuerdo that I have, that I love that song. And that song, you know, nace just before the just before uh, September 11th, 2001, before the towers. We were here in town, just down the street over here at Phantom Box. And the night before, September 11th, it was, uh, the studio was full of Spaniards. Everyone from the Joaquin Cortez camp. Because he was going to be on the Grammys that year, right before. And that was the night before. I had the biggest crush on him. That's just a little side note. I had a little crush going on oh, yeah, Joaquin Cortez. Did you let him know? No. No, I should have, though. But anyways. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that guy. Like, yeah, uh, there you go. So they were hanging Bailame, out there. Por favor. Uh -huh. Yeah, they were hanging out. And my friend was like, yeah, you know, they'd like to hang out. They wanted to smoke a little, drink a little. I was like, yeah, perfect. And, you know, been, and Goma Cordula was already we were working on it. It was something magical about it. Didn't weren't clear. That night, we weren't clear. But that night, I remember grabbing a couple of elements. Una flautita that ended up, everything I did that night ended up or in Dancing in the Rain, in Noche Fria, or in Como Me Acuerdo. Everything from that night. Wow. So I recorded Las Palmas, porque estaban los españoles, las chicas cantando, el otro cantando, el otro, you know, and all these things were like mashed into all these three pieces. But getting back to what we were talking about, sometimes, yeah, songs are very quick and sometimes it's a six month ordeal because you're just wrapped. There's something about it that you just can't stop thinking about it. So there's that side. And sometimes the same song can be a completely different song. E La Vida Loca, I've seen it performed by Ricky Martin, and mm -hmm. I've seen it performed by you in mm -hmm. El Choliseo. Oh, and it yeah. was like a totally oh, yeah, right. different song. I was like, es que yo no, ni sabía lo que estaba escuchando. Oh. Hasta que de repente, I'm like, wait, I know, I, I, I know right. these lyrics. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, estoy cantando La Vida Loca. You know, it's funny because when I, when I put that together, you know, Desmond's great because we work together. We'll sit on like a desk, you know, I'll have a guitar. Desmond will be over there. We both have uh, libretas. And we go back and forth with some ideas. And Desmond's great to give you space. I remember when we did La Vida Loca and I'm, you know, and I'm fucking doing my, my, my lead, you know, demo. And, and I'm thinking of, you know, Jim Morrison the whole time. Upside, inside out. You know, I'm thinking of Morrison all the way. I remember Desmond coming in and going, fuck. He's like, we gotta, we gotta just bring it, make it a little more pop, you know. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, it's great though. He's like, no, it's awesome. But remember, it's Ricky. I'm like, oh yeah. And we kind of, you know. Polished it up a little, and uh, it all worked Except out. Except it wasn't a little bit more pop. It was a, li a little was, bit more and more pop. It was, yeah, a lot more pop. And, you know, and, and it was great working with, uh, with Desmond because he's from that, that side, that extreme side of uh, commercial sort of hit songs, you know. So that was a great schooling. Because yo me dejo llevar por las pasiones por un momento, you know. So it's good to work with other people uh, when you team up with someone that they, they represent the other side of the coin. And you trust as well. I mean, you know, that, yeah, you build it over time, you know, it's a process. Trust I, is a process. Angela, can I put you on the spot and just ask you, what is your favorite Draco song? Oh, you know, I like this song. It's not out yet. It's called Mi Mañanas. I really like that one. And I like um, It's Our Time. These are all songs that are not even out yet. No. So this you know, is the new stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Angela's been obviously part of my muse, you know, it's no secret. Um, I think that I was, you know, if I had to, edit, my peak and my peak of madness was mad love, you know. Mm. I think that's my peak of right, madness. Right, 
Right. Total madness. She's my California, so my California girl. Aww. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, you know she's there. She's my she's my California girl. You know, and all the the whole thing was about that. You look at it, it was just you know, I was like, I was so, you know, intense. You know, as obsession thing. You was. <laughs> yeah. I say was because I'm more at ease. I'm just older now. You know, but back then I was an intense guy to fucking be connected with on that level well i love that that immediately you you have a, a huge discography and you ask her for her favorite and she's all like no it's something that's new that's coming mm-hmm. and you guys share that man i can see the way you guys work together it's like f it we're we're, we're looking to the future al futuro solamente yeah. it's like so, nah, let's not look back you know it's like yeah. so i i get that and big kudos to you because obviously you've been through a lot you know there's been ups there's been downs but you're still like just pushing forward yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's an intense thing, you know. We and I think that when you start hitting this this age of fifty, you can't help but question so much, you know, life, new perspectives. Or you start realizing, wow, you know, my mind is actually more exciting than ever. There's, the mind is actually the best ever, right? And in your own mind, it's like, wow, it's so exciting. More at ease, making decisions. I can think quickly. I can make decisions quicker. I'm just more at ease. But just a lot of your body and other things start becoming part of the reality of what what the what the dealio is really it's not you know um you see all these sci-fi movies how you know it's all about the extraction of of this part and part of the spine and to and to pop it in some kind of you know it's a cyborg uh get the boston dynamics behind behind it help me out <laughs> so i can you know live forever and, it, and it's a heartbreaker when i've met people much, much older than me, and when I speak to them, you know, it's fascinating, right? You look at them and you go, holy shit, what's holding you up, right? Right. right. But the vibrancy and the ideas, you know, and it's a shame, you go, wow, you know, just when, you know, some people really come into their groove, you know, later on in life. Lastly, now that you mentioned live forever, if you had that choice, would you want to live forever? If I have the choice to live forever, fuck yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. All these great ideas. <laughs> and I know a lot of people with a bunch of ideas. And so, yeah, forever is a good thing. You bet. Several careers, several lifetimes. Absolutely. I, I feel like you've already done that in this lifetime, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Several careers, several lives. I mean, it may seem like that, you know, and I think that, you know, these last eight, nine years have been rough. Um, and I think, you know... I survived that because of friends, you know. I mean, you know, let's, let's be clear. Like, you know, the Vida album is not something I came up with. That was Angelo Medina bringing that up. You know, so what I'm saying, we always, you know, I, I can't do any of this stuff alone, you know. I just, I've been fortunate enough since day one to be surrounded by some interesting people that I've, that I've fracasado, absolutely, that I've fucked up a bunch of times. But it hasn't, I've always had somebody, something, some fuerza protegiendo me and tell me, hey, habla con fulano o fulana, and you know, this is where you're supposed to be. Pues ahora que te tengo de frente y te miro a los ojos, te digo gracias a ti for everything you have given us, for your art, for your creativity, for your lucha por la vida. You're such an inspiration and we love you. Thanks, yeah. Gracias. Thank Thanks you for your for time. You got it. I really like, thank you for yeah, that. I know I put you on the spot like right that. Yeah, anytime. Ooh, ah. <laughs> Tell me, ooh, ah. Ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Gracias for checking out our podcast. Hey, and special thanks to Ulises El Licenciado Lozano for our amazing theme song. And can't forget about our sponsors, Pili. No, Raul, United Airlines, Sure Microphones, and Jack Daniels, gracias for supporting La Musica Latina. And for more information and other episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast at Pili, Raul, and La Musica. Hey, make sure to tell your tía, abuelo, primas, everybody to subscribe. A todos. 